Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. You are listening to the 15th episode of Making It Women in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working in the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. In today's episode, we are talking to producer Lynn Sisson Talbert. Did I say your name right? Um, yes, okay, you did. Very um, good. So normally, we start off by asking you to tell us a little about yourself and your journey into the film industry. Okay. Um, well, my name is Lynn Kristen Talbert, and I'm producer of the film Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. And... Um, my my introduce my introduction into the film industry is kind of a little unconventional um, because when I was a senior in college, I met my now husband David Talbert, and we met. And literally, like three months later, we were engaged. The next year, we got married, and here we are, twenty two years later. So it was a very fast paced uh, relationship. Um, he was a playwright at the time and was doing touring plays and touring musicals. So literally the summer we got married, I had, I'd never even seen any of his plays live before we got married. I like saw it on VHS. Yeah. Never had seen anything. We never really talked about work or any of that. We just you know, it's, it, it's, it was crazy. And I know people, when they, when they meet us, they're like, how do you meet and how long do you know each other? And I was like, not very long. And, <laughs> you know, so it, it was just one of those things where when I did see um, his play on videotape, I was like, you need to do this and you need to do this. And you know yeah. how us women do, we just take over. So um, from that, I um, just started saying, you know, oh, no, we need to change the sets. We need to do this. We need to look into doing a big casting call and seeing what people we can bring in to be in the show and blah, blah, blah. And so um, did that. And little did I know I was producing the play and I <laughs> I uh, I became the company manager for the tour. I. Um, I couldn't even, I was so young. I was only 23. I couldn't even rent the car to pick up the cast. You know, I couldn't even rent the van. I had to bring someone with me <laughs> to the airport because you had to be 25 to rent the van to pick up the cast and take them, you know, from the venue to the hotel and stuff. And so it, it was just one of those things where, you want to make something better. You know, um, I love my husband and I wanted him to be presented in a certain light and always had been in theater or productions and, and things like that. I always um, loved the arts and, and was a part of it and supported it in many ways when I was in high school and college. So um, for me, I knew what I liked um, and I actually like kind of always had a passion for comedy and different things. So I always studied it like just for fun, not necessarily to pursue it, but just for fun. Um, and I didn't realize how much all of that was going to help me. So um, from that, 
you know, he was always writing scripts and different things. And we were always talking about um, the scripts, uh, be it film or stage and trying to build, build what that story would be or what each story would be. And then he did some films and, and we, we sold them to certain studios and I was working on that stuff. So it isn't your norm as far as how you get into, uh, you know, the entertainment industry. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I fell in love (laughs) and fell into what, what my, what my husband's doing. And I, and I loved it. You know, I loved, you know, for me, it was that direct contact with the audiences starting in theater. And, um, that was great because you know exactly what you have to work out and fix because if they're not laughing or if they're not responding right then and there, something's quite off, or maybe we're not telling the story fully in those moments like we should. So it really helped me hone those skills and, and see it right away. Like that instant gratification where you're not waiting for, Oh gosh, you know, this weekend's going to be a big weekend. Are they going to like it? You know? (laughs) So um, it, it was very helpful because I could get, get to what needed to be fixed much quicker by the time we started going into film. So that's how yeah, I got into I mean, so it. you were just like straight up natural producer. I mean, that's amazing. And I like, you know, when you're talking about how you just immediately saw all of these things that you wanted to not fix, but, you know, just, um, yeah, yeah, it's just a potential, Judge. you know, like <laughs> just uh, bring out uh, the potential of, of the art. Um, now, for people who might not know exactly what producing entails, because I think a lot of people, they just see producer and it's not a very concrete description, like there's many different aspects to producing, but can you talk us through like how your, uh, like where you start in pre-production and maybe just uh, like what, what your favorite day on the job looks like? There are definitely different types of producers. And I know people see a bunch of stuff come up in credits. You know, they see executive producer, they see associate producer, they see producer, they see line producer. You know, it's so many different areas. Um, And for film, I started off as executive producer because, of course, creatively, you know, bringing this whole story to life, you know, very much involved with that. And they don't they don't give producer credits very lightly. That's a very tough one to get because you are extremely involved, extremely a part of bringing that production to life, bringing that film to life. And even though I was extremely involved and very intricate to bringing it to life, I was not known in the industry per se. So though that they have to kind of watch you do it and you have to fight for it. I learned also because I was just used to doing what I had to do. I didn't know that I had to be concerned with um, credits and, and things like that because my goal was always the, the product, you know, wanted to make it the best it could be, wanted audiences to feel great about it. So I never really thought about that stuff, um, you know, until you know, friends were pulling my coattail, like, Lynn, you know, you need to be making sure that you do this and you do that. And I'm like, really? You know, why? And then they explain, you know, these are things that help open doors for other opportunities and, and different things like that. But um, as far as the different 
types of producers. I look at myself as very much a creative producer. Of course, I'm I'm very mindful of budget and I'm very mindful of time frames because time is money. You know, um, if you're spending too much time on certain shots or or certain aspects that you're trying to capture, it it can you know, derail the project. So it's very important. Pre-production is like, to me, one of the most important parts of bringing your project to life because that is the time you have to really map out what is your film going to be. You are looking at who your cast is. You are actually casting it. You are working with your production designer to build what that world is. You are pulling out all every, all the stops, all the categories, you know, whether it's visual effects, whether it's music, whether it's all of these things, you are putting these pieces together so that when you get on that set on day one, you know exactly the direction you're going in. And I do believe you have to leave some room for the magic because sometimes things happen on set that you don't expect and you are, it's like, it's just timing, you know, the right things happen at the right time and you captured it. And it may take your film in a direction that you didn't even realize um, was supposed to happen. And it, and it told a fuller story and it gave you, I always call it the magic that you needed in the story. So um, I definitely say that, yes, you should follow a plot that you're working on and and look to be organized and be prepared so that you can do the best that you can do as far as capturing your film. But I also say you should always leave a little room for the magic, you know, because you just never know what that's going to be. And you'd be really surprised how it just takes your project to a whole nother level. Yeah, definitely. And with producing, I know for myself, I'm an aspiring director, but I do try and, well, I kind of have just fell into producing just because I'm such a control freak. Uh, (laughs) But um, the one thing I hate about producing is all the paperwork, especially in uni, you know, you're Mm -hmm. required to do all the paperwork. Um, So for you, what's your least favorite part about producing? Is it the paperwork or is it other aspects? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the paperwork. It's the, it's the, the money, you know, who wants to care about budget and, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's anything that doesn't inspire me creatively, but I do know it's, you know, you know, cause you're on both sides of it, <laughs> you know, um, but it is necessary. And, uh, you know, so, since my, uh, my husband is, is the writer and director also, it's, it's that whole thing where you have to have those hard conversations. I don't look forward to that where I'm like, you know, David, we got to talk about this. Um, we're going to, we might have to cut this or we got to look at doing this a different way because we only have this many days or we only have this amount of money for this. Um, those things I don't like, uh, of course, you know, cause it's like bringing bad news or, you know, shifting directions, but at the same time, sometimes it actually works out better. 
Um, you know, so there's, there's, I don't like if I'm, you know, working with, I, I, I'm a team player. I'm a do what you got to do kind of girl, which I think all of us as women are, we, we just kind of, we're, we're like, okay, we're going to figure this out. You know, if you're, if you're directing or producing in any project, you're trying to make it the best it can be. That's your name on there in it, whatever capacity. Right. So if you see something, you're, you, you got to speak up and you got to say, you know, I, did you guys think about it like this? Or what if we did this or, you know, and so that you're just constantly creatively going, trying to see what ways can you make this the best it can be, but also what ways can you save money? What ways can you cut down time to get the same result? So um, it, I, I would say like the non-creative part of it is my least favorite and um, any of the bad news. <laughs> Cause who, you know, it's like, I gotta go home with him at night. I'm like everyone else, you know? <laughs> So, um, but we've, you know, after 22 years, we've kind of like somewhat figured it out and we have our moments as any couple does and any producer uh, relationship does because you kind of are married to that person during the project as well. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that. Now, you've worked with theater touring and film producing and we are going to be talking about Jingle Jangle but something I noticed which I found really interesting was that you also worked as a costume designer on the tour of Love Makes Things Happen which the NAACP awarded you with costume design of the year for. Now how did that happen and would you be interested in costume uh, designing again? Well um, I I'm, I love fashion. I always have. I got that from my dad, funny enough. Um, (laughs) And I, I feel like my eye for aesthetics is, you know, something that I've always grown, like even as a little girl. So how the costuming looks, how the production design looks, all of those to me are very important. It's like another character to me. Um, those things should tell the story just as much as one of the actors in your production. So um, I had styled people before um, and ended up sometimes in a certain production where when I'm working with the costume designer, um, we're styling a certain character and maybe later on the other, the character would be like, you know, Lynn, what do you think about this? And do you think we should put this together? And could you help me pull some things together for my interviews? And, you know, so it, it was just one of those things that I kind of fell into and for love makes things happen with how the production was going in the beginning with pre-production, we couldn't afford to bring someone on right away. So I ended up kind of mapping out what all of it was prior from my relationships before we started to go into pre-production. So I pretty much done all the work and it happened to just be, you know, work out and be so much fun. And then when I um, brought someone in, we basically just partnered together to complete it. And so that that was something really special because it it wasn't necessarily planned, um, but I do have a love for it. And uh, from that, I ended up, you know, styling people for um, 
other productions that we had done, maybe I just choose an individual instead of doing the whole cast because that would just be way too much <laughs> to try to be bad. And then the other side of it as well. Um, so fortunately, you know, because it was our thing, I was able to pick and choose the things that I wanted to do um, in addition to getting it up and going and on tour. Um, so I was like, why not? You know, I think I think if there are things that you're doing with your projects and you want to try something out or you feel like, you know, this is going to add to the story or the productions, like do it, you know, do it or or bring someone in and have them help you direct your vision um, so, since it's, you know, your thing and something that that you feel good about. It's like, why not? So that that was just that's kind of how, again, it's just one of those things where there were just no rules. You know, I, I've, I've, I'm really grateful to kind of be in a situation where for me, there were no rules in my mind. I'm like, well, let's just do it. There was no book that said, oh, this person is supposed to do this or this person is supposed to do that or you can only delve in these things. It, it, it was just like, I'm going to try this. Oh, I like this. I want to try this too. And, and I did it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to kind of have that attitude where I didn't have the rules hovering over me on what one person should do or another person should do. I just did what I felt. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful to be able to do that. And with Jingle Jangle now, I love Christmas films and my, my mom has eight children. So Christmas is crazy with all my nieces and nephews. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about Jingle Jangle and obviously worked on it with your husband? So how is it working with him on it as well? Because I know it's a bit of a passion project for you. Yes. So this is something that we've been incubating for 20 plus years. Um, it originally started out as a musical um, that we were going to take on stage. We wanted to have that classical musical holiday piece that featured um, a black cast, which wasn't, you know, it's, it hadn't really been seen before. Um, and we were, as the years had gone by and we're thinking of the music and we, we had brought in different elements that we thought would work and then they didn't quite work. And then we'd put it away for a while then bring it back out. And, and so it, it was one of those things where we just kept having in our mind, you know, how are we gonna pull this together? And we pull different aspects together and we're like, eh, no, we don't like that. Let's look for some other type of music or let's look for someone else to do the music for it. And, then one day I was like, David, you know what? We should just do this as a film. And he was like, yes. So he had that in his mind and we actually had pitched it to different studios and, you know, they weren't feeling it. They couldn't see the big picture. They couldn't see the black cast for something that was so big, um, you know, many people in the industry, I think would say sometimes that, oh, you know, this can't be an international project. Oh, you know, they're not, you know, this audience isn't necessarily going to come out and support, um, you know, like it wouldn't support the budget that, you know, was seen on the script. And we just really disagreed with that. So we just kept pushing and, and we had done a film 
with a friend at Netflix, um, Ted Melfi and El Camino Christmas we did there, came in and worked with him on that. And that was such a great experience. And David went in to pitch another idea and in the meeting, um, with Scott Stuber and Nick Nesbitt, he was like, well, what do you guys want to do? What do you, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, we're doing, you know, big idea films. And he's like, well, I have a big idea. And they're like, what? And he's, he pitched Jingle Jangle and he's like, we love it. We love it. You know? And he's like, you know, you've never seen, you know, a leading black cast like this. And, and it's just time. And he's like, you know what? Both of them were like, you know what? You're right. It is time. And little did we know how timely it was, you know, with everything that has gone on, which we had no idea was going to happen. We needed something like this even more. We needed to bring some joy into the world at this time. And so um, that, that worked out to our benefit, but that's how we got Jingle Jangle going. And it literally, you know, we, packed up and moved to London for eight months um, to shoot this film. We were in pre-production for another year prior here and here in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's been this full on like two and a half year process uh, because we have CGI characters. We have this crazy, you know, visual effects. And it's just like anything that we would have wanted to do, we threw everything but the kitchen sink at this film. It was like our, you know, it's a musical, it has choreography, it has PGI, it's holiday. It's like, Jesus, what were we thinking? You know, (laughs) so uh, this was the toughest uh, project I had ever done. It's like picking up my family, my, my son, who was um, six years old at the time, you know, he went to a British school. It was like everything just world turned upside down to follow this passion of Jingle Jangle. Um, but, you know, it worked out. I'm, I'm so proud of it. You know, and when I tell you the magic is there, the magic is there, you know, the love is there that that we wanted everyone to feel and that we exuded on the set. And and it's it's just like talk. It's just an amazing opportunity. But even more than that, it's just like it's it is just I I don't know. I, I mean, I know I'm biased because it's my project, but at the same time, I always make sure that I look at things with a fresh eye. Like I still cry when I see the trailer, you know, I still cry when I see little um, sizzle reels and things like that because it touches me, you know, and I always go by the, the rule of, you know, you cannot touch someone else unless first you've been touched. So I am touched and I know that because I am touched, other people will be touched by this project on top of the fantastical of it all. You know, the costumes, the hair, the wardrobe, the dance, you know, there, I left no stone unturned, David and I, in our whole production, um, you know, it it was purposely featuring natural hair, which is really important to me. It was purposely featuring fabrics from all over the world within these costumes. It was a, it's a total like 
edgy Euro Dickensian African, you know, style vibe, but period, but it still fits, you know, that's another one period. Well, you know, it's like, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with this film. I'm in love with the story and I believe other people will be as well. Well, yeah. After listening to you talk about it, I'm so excited to watch it now. And I think you're exactly right. Like I'm a big fan of musicals, but I can't name one which has a black cast or even a black lead. So I think what you're doing is amazing because we all know we need to see more diversity in you know films in general and it was quite shocking when you said you know you went to some you know companies and they weren't interested in your idea because we spoke on the podcast before and films with black leads have shown to do better in the cinema and you know the world is so diverse they want to see people want to see them themselves represented so um yeah, well, I'm glad you're, I'm so glad you're doing this film. I am so excited <laughs> to watch it now. Um, oh, for that. Thank you. And, and I'm glad that you guys take notice uh, of, of that. You know, I appreciate that. And it, it, it you know, you're right. We do want to see ourselves. And, and I, I remember that podcast you guys did where you showed where, you know, when, when there were black characters in the, in the production, they did better because people felt represented and they're like, oh, I could watch this, you know? Um, so yeah, it is, it is kind of funny how people kind of project based on how they see the world, you know, project on your projects like that. And it's not necessarily true. And it's nice to have a, a studio like Netflix who is global and they know what's, what people are watching you know, all over the world, they know what works and they're willing to give it a try because they have such a huge, broad audience that someone in that audience is going to watch. Someone is going to be interested and then it's going to create a new audience. So um, you, you're right about that. Now you've worked across a medium of platform and genres, but one thing I continue seeing is Christmas theme. So I gotta ask, Lynn, what's up with Christmas? What is oh it about Christmas? Let me tell you, I say the same thing. Um, I don't know how we end up doing so many Christmas movies. I, I swear to you that I'm not that obsessed with Christmas. Um, <laughs> you sure? Because looking I at IMDb, I'm like, hmm. I, I'm definitely not the person that has their lights up all year long. You know, <laughs> just about to ask you. <laughs> I, I at least take them down in February. I, they might be a lot longer than most because I think we're raised in black families to keep them up a little bit longer um, than most, but <laughs> not not all year. Um, I, you know, I don't know how that has worked out, I have to tell you, because El Camino Christmas was not our project, um, but Ted Melfi brought us on to do it, um, where David directed it and I produced it. And so uh, Almost Christmas, All Us. Um, okay, we have two, Baggage Claim and First Sunday. Those were not Christmas movies. So, <laughs> um, But yes, Almost Christmas now, and now Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey. So she's, 
and and <laughs> I don't know how that has worked out, but I tell you, it's a lot of fun. And I do like being in the Christmas spirit when it's not the holidays. So I have to say, uh, being being in the holiday spirit, like for three years straight, uh, has been pretty fun. And <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I am doing a, a jingle jangle Thanksgiving. I'll be doing a jingle jangle Christmas. So all year long, it's definitely jingle jangle. I'll probably do jingle jangle in July next year for Christmas in July also. So I, I'm definitely going to get all my jingle jangle feels uh, <laughs> for the next few years because uh, of so much time and effort that has been put into this. It's like, I don't care. Anything you name is going to be a jingle jangle something. <laughs> As a producer who is both a woman and blah, I imagine it sometimes can be really difficult to work in the industry. What has your experience with female and black representation in film been so far? Yeah, I I would definitely give the advice of, you know, keep pushing because I know that it can be difficult as far as feeling as if your voice is heard. Um, you know, I I'm again, it's a, a little bit more fortunate because I have this big black guy on set with me. And if someone's, you know, as my husband <laughs> with a really deep voice. And so if if someone if he sees someone or hears someone, you know, doing some shady stuff, he going he ain't feel, he ain't having it. So um, in that instance, uh, you know, it's like a personal bodyguard on set almost. <laughs> um, but but, you know, uh in general, I think that it's about making sure that your voice is heard and your perspective is heard because it is different. It's different than a man's and how we approach things are different. And um, I, as a black woman on top of it, you know, I am sensitive to certain things and, and more sensitive to certain things um, because it's it's just really important to me and has been important to me all my life to make sure that we are represented and that our stories are told in in all different aspects you know we should be able to tell all the different stories and be seen in all the different lights um you know growing up one of my favorite uh, directors and writers was Nora Ephraim. Um, I loved her films, um, still love her films. You know, You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle and all the romantic comedies um, I loved. And, you know, I, her, her voice just as a woman and she worked with her sister on many things um, as well. So she had, you know, a family member there on set with her also. Um, but her voice and the things that she would do just really spoke to me. Um, and I knew that even watching her and and seeing how she came up in the industry, you know, I wanted to be able to do things like that, you know, and where we would see us as, you know, who's our Meg Ryan, you know, who's our Billy Crystal, you know, and, but at the same time, I don't want to always be doing the black version of something. You know? It's like, I get tired of that. And I'm not mad. Like I ain't mad at anybody's hustle, but you know, that we have original stories to tell and original experiences that are very unique to our culture, but at the same time resonate across the board 
and are very universal. Um, but we don't have to do the black version for it to have value, you know? So, um, um, be it, it, my voice as a black woman is a unique voice, but an important voice and a voice that has been, you know, in, in this world from the beginning of time. And we've been a part of everything and yet, you know, our voice has been diminished. And so now I feel like I've had a unique position to be able to have that audience feel value in what I do. And it started in theater because, you know, the lines would be out the door and the audience would be filled with black men, black women, black children. And when they left that theater, they felt represented, they felt supported and they felt entertained and they felt like they saw themselves on those stages. And that meant the world to me. And doing this film, I was doing it and my husband and I were doing it for our son, you know, Elias, who's seven years old. And, you know, as a kid, I'm watching, you know, the movies that I love, Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Willy Wonka. And, you know, I'm I'm going on a roof at my school with an umbrella jumping off of it because I want to fly, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, I want him to see himself as, as that kid that can fly also, but it's representative of him, you know? So um, those are the things that have always been important to me. And I've, I've kind of just pushed, pushed through uh, the emotions and the, the how someone else may see me. I've, I've just kind of like pushed that aside. And I think with the female voice and with black women in particular, you, you keep going, we're resilient and we push through. And that has definitely helped me that sensibility and that sense of self has helped me um, through and with, you know, support of my friends and family. Uh, I just feel like the theme, my theme of not only this film, but even throughout this process is anything is possible. You know, anything is possible. So yeah definitely I think it's amazing what you're doing and you know giving women a voice and using your platform just really you're bet like you're making the industry more diverse and giving representation to people that need it so I just want to thank you for you know being the change because women like you you know we want women like you on the podcast because there's so many we do have listeners that will be inspired by what you're saying. So I just want to say thank you for that. And um, lastly, I would like to ask you, um, um, whether professional or personal, are there any women in your life you'd like to shine a light on or mention that have made a difference in your life? Yes. Well, that'd definitely be my mom. Um, Everyone you know, says Sand- their mom. Yeah, mom. Yeah, my mom, Sandra Sisson, and, you know, um, my aunts and my sister. Um, and there are women that have supported me, that work with me. Um, my really close friend who's become family, Chloe Spencer. Um, you know, there, there's, I have like a group of women that just kind of like have been there throughout different stages in the process. Um, there's a Talitha Watkins who, who worked in 
in marketing, um, there's Cassandra Butcher, there's Zola Mashariki. I mean, the, even like I said, even like Anora Ephraim, who's no longer with us, you know, these people inspired me and also stop me sometimes and said, Lynn, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about this? Or just been a support when I'm having a hard time, you know? Um, this, this production was just no joke in general, as far as just being in it. Like I gained 35 pounds on this set, you know, because, you know, I'm just gonna keep it real for y'all because you get stressed, you know, and I, I'm a mom and you deal with that mom guilt also. And, you know, I'm a wife, I, I'm responsible for a household as well. And um, it, it, there's so many things that we have to take care of regardless of what you're doing. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter that you have to be on set 14 hours, you know, continuous days. Um, it, it does not matter. You still have to make sure stuff's taking care of your household or you still have to be responsible for something or you'll still get that call from school saying, you know, Elias forgot his lunch, you know? So <laughs> you, have to you have to deal with that and we have to know how to multitask and it can sometimes take a toll on you and you have to give yourself permission to go through that. You know, it's like, yeah, I wanted to turn down the chocolate biscuits with the marshmallows on the table. But you know what? This made me feel good and I'm going to have it and I'm going to eat it and I will deal with this later. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I have I've had many of those moments and I've had um, those things that happen, I think, to us as as women, because we are at least for me, I'm a more emotional person and I am um, more connected to things emotionally. So I am more affected by things as well. Um, but it serves a purpose for me in storytelling. But then on another side, you know, I have to deal with the good and bad of it all. Um, so I, I am grateful to have the women in my life that support me and all the also those that I just see that maybe I see on TV or I hear on radio that give me a word, you know, that inspire me, you know, from even Terry McMillan, who I have not met before, um, but I listen to her audio books and, um, you know, something like that. Felicia Rashad, who's in the film, you know, she was our original mother, you know, from the Cosby show. And she was always so elegant and graceful in how she approached things. So there's so many people, so many women that just throughout my life have inspired me, whether I've known them or know them or not know them, you know, and uh, it, it, I, I'm, I am grateful to, to be amongst one of them. Thank you. I mean, I gotta say you're a woman who inspires me and um, yeah, it's been you. so, so great talking with you today. Thank you. And thank you both. I, I appreciate you both so much and what you're saying and what you're doing. And, um, you know, it, it inspires me that someone can tell the stories from the outside, you know, from what you see. 
So I appreciate you seeing the value in me to be a part of your show. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, working in this industry can be hard. And with every episode, me and Avita do, you know, our our guests like inspire us more and more. And, you know, talking with you today, um, I'm so excited to go work on my projects now just because how, how you've spoken about yours and how excited you are, you know, that just inspires me. So thank you so much, honestly, for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, good luck with your projects. I'm I'm glad that you're doing it and, you know, keep doing it. It's important and it's going to be great. Hopefully one day we'll be able to work with you. (laughs) It will. It will. Look, 20 years for this. So I feel your pain. (laughs) Now, lastly, uh, is there anything you want to plug or promote um, or last message you want to give to the people listening? Yes. Okay. So Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, November 13th. We also have some companion books that David and I wrote coming out um, December 1st. One is based on uh, a song that Journey sings called The Square Root of Possible. It's a picture book for, for kids, for little ones my son's age. And then I have a middle grade book for that Harry Potter age um, called The Invention of Jeronicus Jangle. And then there's uh, Felicia Rashad is reading the audio book of that as well. So those will be available December 1st. And I believe you can pre-order them now, like on Amazon and Target and all that fun stuff. So um, that's what's happening in the world of Jingle Jangle. This has been the 15th episode of Making Out Women in Film. We hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. Now, if you want more stuff like this in the meantime, until the next episode, go join our community of women filmmakers over on Instagram at Making It Women and Film. There we post so many statistics, discussions, recommendations, news. Uh, We also give you an opportunity to ask us questions and give us uh, feedback as well as ask questions for our guests. So definitely go check that out. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one. All of our socials will be linked in the description box. See you next week.